Hi there, this is Wafa Al-Abedat. You're listening to the Women Power Podcast, a subsidiary platform to the Women Power Summit, the largest event in MENA, with the aim of empowering women and helping them achieve their absolute highest potential. Each week on the Women Power Podcast, you will hear honest, vulnerable, authentic, real conversations from inspiring women. These women will share their experiences and stories into what it takes to build a successful business and career. The podcast will share insight and inspiration and hopefully inspire action and lead change. Aisha Elsalati is the founder of the Mother's Focus community platform, Babies and Broomsticks. Post having twins and a baby girl back to back, Aisha decided to start her mommy blog in 2016 and accumulated it to over 10,000 members and followers. Today, Babies and Broomsticks has multiple support groups online for new mothers and safe spaces where women can sell secondhand items for children. Many of these women have generated their own income from these communities because of Aisha's vision to create safe spaces where women can ask for help, get the support they need, and flourish. Welcome, Aisha. My first question is about COVID, the elephant in the room. I wanted to ask you, how have you been doing you have three young children and you also run one of the biggest communities for mothers in Bahrain. So how have you been managing both? I think COVID has been super difficult for everyone we know. Um, the thing with COVID at the beginning for me, I felt like COVID took away so much of my freedom. It took away what I would call my escapes. Um, like when it comes to traveling, seeing friends and socializing, yeah, I need those were my escapes. And I felt like COVID at the beginning took that away from me, which really hurt me a lot. Uh, but then I started uh, looking at it differently. Um, I started noticing how um, there's a lot of things I took for granted, um, like quality time with my kids. It goes, it goes down to the smallest things like hugs. I took hugs for granted and I miss hugs so much. Um, best, I think the biggest blessing for me with COVID was in that it made, it pushed me to working towards my goals with no distractions. <clears throat> so to me, that was, I think, the biggest, one of the biggest blessings I got. You run one of the largest communities for moms in Bahrain. Um, you do so many incredible things and we'll get into more details about the service offerings that you do and the content that you produce for moms. But before that, you know, what made you go into the space? Because I know that you were a lawyer before and you've studied law. So what made you even interested in going into the space of supporting mothers? First of all, um, I, I mean, this is one of my biggest secrets. I always say babies and broomsticks found me. I didn't find it. The story, the short story behind it is that I created Babies and Broomsticks in the beginning for my cousins. And my cousins, they liked the way I did things with my children and how organized I was. But I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do an Instagram account and you guys can just look at it and see what I'm doing. And then like overnight, I started getting followers and I noticed how people um, really want to find ways to do so much, but doing it basically the lazy way, the fast way. Um, yeah, and I think through my blog, I was showing them and I tell you, you can do so much. Um, but just find the way to do it. Find easy ways to do it. 
Well, there's another thing. Um, I remember Lena, I was one of the first for my cousins to have kids. So I remember when I used to go out with them, I found myself always talking about kids and my experiences. And you'd notice one or two would say, we don't want to talk about kids. We don't want to talk about kids. So I was like, where can I talk about kids then? That is when I started merging the blog with like support group services. Yeah, I wanted to do to make that space available for mothers. I think. Did did this come natural to you to transition into this space? Like, so what you do is like you teach us or you show us all these different ways for us to take care of our children and take care of ourselves as well. But did it come natural to you that you were like, yes, I'm a mom now, I'm going to embrace all these things? Or did you learn or was it hard in the beginning? I think because I was, you know how like usually, and especially in Bahrain, when we give birth, uh, we go to our parents' house. Uh, is what we call it. I did not have that privilege. But I was at home alone. I had to kind of deal and find ways to do things on my own. Um, and then I noticed how comfortable I felt after finding these small things in small ways and reading up and doing some research on stuff. But I was like, I wish people knew about this. Um, but then I realized that not a lot of people um, maybe have uh, fast or crazy research skills or they don't have the time to do research. But then I was like, you know what, I'm going to do the research, I'm going to put it down on my blog, and then therefore I'm going to be helping a lot of mothers. But in a way, it did come naturally, yes. How much learning do you do? I used to read a lot more than I do now. I think now I'm more into podcasts. They're my favorite thing right now. Um, best, I always like to... Um, learn new things especially yani, um, I find it very beautiful in how every person has a gift um, sometimes my strengths are other people's weaknesses and other people's strengths are my weaknesses but I like to work as a team oh mashallah now um, I don't know if you've noticed but a lot of mom bloggers were all working together and it's beautiful um, we help each other out we help um promote each other's accounts. So I think research, um, I enjoy doing research, especially on topics that I love. And uh, my dad always used to tell me, always go to bed knowing that you've learned something new today. If you don't learn anything new, get up, get a book out and start reading because you have to go to bed learning something new. So I always believed in that, Yadi. That's I think that was a big push for me. So what made you go from the blog or creating content to building a community? You know, I'm part of this WhatsApp group where moms are selling secondhand things. And it's so incredible to see everyone supporting everybody. People are literally, yani, there are some really active members and they're generating probably a, a, a side, you know, it's their side hustle or it's their income generator. So what made you say, you know what, I'm going to start creating these communities so we can take the conversation from Instagram or your blog onto these, into these uh, spaces, these safe spaces to have these discussions? I think from the beginning, uh, my purpose was always to not just blog, I wanted to do something out. I wanted something big to come out of it, and especially with helping mothers and women. Who, um, you know, I, I remember one. Uh, there was this one of my friends once told me, "I don't like how um, women um, in their bio on Instagram say mother of. Why do they define themselves as being mothers? 
And I think at that point, it kind of made me angry because I was like, you wouldn't say that if they, if they had engineer written or doctor. Why isn't mother as powerful as being a doctor, being an engineer? Um, so I wanted to change that perspective and give mothers, um, I make them understand their purpose and how big they are يعني, in changing this world. So through that, I just started thinking of ways of how to get mothers together. And then I took that leap of faith with um, doing Zwarat al-Mahat at the beginning. Um, with that, I saw that people are interested in sitting together and talking and communicating and connecting. Then through that, I started thinking about the um, the group, the resale group. Um, it's actually, I actually got that idea from a group uh, that I was in. It was called um, Relocation Sale Group. And I think it was... Um, mainly expats who sell their stuff before they leave. So I was like, you know what? I think I think we can do this with mothers because sometimes us mothers, we invest a lot of money on buying stuff for our children. Or, yani, we, we don't want to just throw them. And um, and there's there's so many things that you can do. Yani. A lot of people come up to me and they're like, but I don't want to sell. Can you sell it for me? So I'm like, no, why? What's what's the issue? Sell it. If you want to donate, donate the money. Um, and I have this girl who sent me a message and she was like, I saved up around 100 BD from the group and I put it towards my son's savings. So there is so much that you can do with this. But I'm still with the support group, with the resell group. Um, I'm still trying to find out ways to get mothers together, to help them, to empower them as much as I can. What do you feel is the future? I mean, I don't know if you have a plan or if there's something you want to share with us, like a teaser, but what is the future of Babies and Broomsticks? There are so many directions you can go into because, you know, from a business perspective, the industry of moms and and, and kids is like a billion dollar industry. Probably it's a massive space, right? So People want to buy things from different sites. They want solutions. They want advice. They want apps. They want, you know, having a baby, especially your first baby, is probably the most stressful thing ever. You know, do you feel like you're putting together something with babies and broomsticks that will become a business or something that will scale or monetize? Is that in the plans? I can't say much, but I am going to say a couple of things. teasers. I am going to take one of the biggest risks I've ever taken. And I have to say, I owe, I owe it to you in a way. Then you helped guide me a lot. Um, fa- I am going to do something that is related to providing a services platform for mothers um, in, in a way to help them, not just, not just help educate them, but offer help physically and emotionally. So um, I, I always say Babies and Broomsticks is my baby. Uh, and now me and Babies and Broomsticks are creating a new baby, I would say. I love that. You know, Jeff Bezos, when he does his meetings, he leaves a chair empty for the customer. So there's no customer sitting there, but they're so customer focused that in every meeting they pull a chair and they're like, this is the customer. They're sitting with us 
and you know we have to take care of him or her right so I love that you're talking about babies and broomsticks like it's your partner like it's me and babies and broomsticks working together to solve this problem I love that babies and broomsticks is going to play a big role um, but I also before like I started thinking about the services platform or anything I want I felt like babies and broomsticks had a character and um, I was aiming for a different character this time um, like I, I, I it's like like creating a new baby basically a new personality new colors a new name so I'm actually very excited uh, so inshallah khair I can't wait to see what you come up with because I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Um, I want to talk to you about, you know, what do you feel are some of the recurring challenges moms face? Um, obviously, where you're standing, you see a lot of comments, DMs, WhatsApp messages, people asking you for things. What are like the top two or three challenges that you feel moms face right now? I think one of the biggest challenges that I've noticed that a lot of mothers are facing is feeling overwhelmed. Um, I think because nowadays mothers have so many roles to fill. You're the chef, you're the driver, you're working, you're the mother, you're the doctor. Um, so a lot of mothers, um, it stops them from reaching their full potential of what they can actually do because they are feeling overwhelmed. So I think um, by providing services or providing a platform and showing mothers that it's okay, all you need to know is learn how to balance things. Once you master that, you can handle this all. Um, so I think that would be the biggest challenge. And I would say... Uh, mom guilt comes out, yeah, and it comes out as a big topic a lot. Can you tell us more about what stories you hear? Like, what are some of the things women feel just guilty all the time? I think I personally think mom guilt is like a double-edged sword. Um, on one side, it makes you, um, it gives you the ability to reflect on yourself as a mother. Um, on the other side, it can really eat you up. So it all depends on how you see it. And what I've noticed um, is that a lot of women who go through mom guilt, they usually go through this mom guilt at the beginning, postpartum, and when their children are young. Why? I think it's because um, mothers feel guilty when their children cannot express how they feel. Um, I was actually talking to someone about this last night. Um, I was telling her, you're going through mom guilt because your child cannot express how they feel, if they're happy, if they're sad. Um, but I promise you, it starts getting easier when your child starts talking, even when they are angry at you. Yani if you want to leave the house and they're like, why are you leaving the house? You still feel guilty, but in a way you're like, he expressed, he told me he's angry at that. I feel better. So I've noticed in it's usually postpartum during the first two years, I think. Because once children start um, expressing themselves, um, I always wanted mothers to know that it is going to get better. You just have to wait it out. I suffer from mom guilt a lot. This is the first time anyone... So when I talk to people, like, I, I feel guilty all the time. They're like, oh, that goes away. 
or it's okay, or you need to be okay with it. Just take time. No one has ever explained it in that way that it's only for the first year or two when they're still, they don't know. You don't know what they want or need. You're guessing and you're estimating and you don't know if it's the right thing. So that actually makes a lot of sense. This is like the best explanation I've heard. Um, and that helps me feel better because I always, people say mom guilt will stay with you forever. And I'm just like, really? Like forever? Like Does my mom feel still, you know, does she still feel guilty? Because I think she thinks she did a great job. She's like, I'm done. I'm not, you guys are adults now, you know, but I love that you said it's temporary. It does become easier with time. I think it's always there, but you just learn how to deal with it. And it's not as intensive. And let's not forget the hormones that play a big role um, in the first couple of years. Once you're emotionally stable and everything is in balance, I think it really does get, get much easier. One of the things I love that you do, um, Aisha, is you, you're you very real on Instagram. Like you share the good days that you have, the bad days that you have. You, tell, you remind moms to be kind and gentle to themselves. You talk about when you are feeling anxious. So your content is very relatable. Why is this important for you to share this information with your community? I think I want people to understand that there are good times and there are bad times. And when I have my bad times, I am going to have a good time. And I am eventually going to be okay. It's going to be okay in the end. I'm human. I go through these emotions. Um, It's actually one of the taboo subjects to be very open. Um, So I did take that step that risk because a lot of people um, talk to me and say like why are you showing your weaknesses to the world you're one of the strongest people we know I'm like yes but even the strong people have their breaking points sometimes Um, as much as I want people um, to learn from my blog I want them to know in uh, to every problem there's a solution to every bad day there is a good day it's just ups and downs and I am just like you um, and actually you have a lot you get a lot of comments saying like wow you do everything so perfectly um, you have the perfect life you're so organized and that actually that was secretly one of the the reasons why I reached a breaking point because I felt like I wasn't representing myself properly if people thought I was perfect then I'm not serving my purpose basically I always like to show the good and the bad even if that means um, people are going to see me as being a weak person which I, I, I don't genuinely care a lot because I think I am at this point very confident in, my, confident in myself did you get a lot of support from your cousins, friends, family people that are, are around you in your orbit were they supportive of your platform? Did anybody put you down? You know, like you studied law, now you're doing this. Did you receive any like negative noise in this process? I wouldn't say I received any negative noise. Um, first of all, my parents didn't take what I was doing seriously at the beginning. And then when they saw the effect, they were like, okay, this is serious. So they always gave me their blessings, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, my husband never, um, like he always gave me the time to do what what I really wanted to do when it comes to my blog. Um, But I think what I would say my biggest um, support system is my cousins, alhamdulillah. 
Um, I have uh, four cousins who have been super supportive, who have believed in me when I did not believe in myself. Um, they pushed me. They always push me. And um, whenever I'm in tears, I have one at my door dragging me out and telling me, come on, you're going to be fine. Let's just go have coffee. But I think I have my cousins, Neda, May, Maryam, Nofa, to thank for this. Is there a dark side to motherhood that we don't see um, from your community? Is it all, is everybody super loving and kind and grateful? Or is there like a side where there are some challenging personalities or problems that you feel like you can't solve? Is there like a side that we don't see in terms of this community? I don't think I've ever seen that side. You have people who um, who take blogging as like competition. Um, and then it kind of like comes and slaps you in the face. Uh, but... Um, I think I always take this as competition for myself and I keep redirecting myself to my main purpose and my main goal. But other than that, uh, alhamdulillah, يعني, um, I love how um, I've been on, I've been working on my, with my blog for like what, five, six years. It's the past two, two years. I think I've seen how much mom bloggers have, helped each other and yeah and you can see the smile on my face it just makes me so happy and hand in hand i think we are much stronger recently you put together a very cool meal plan uh packet and you distributed it to multiple mothers what inspired you to do this and to share it for free Yes, I started making the lunchbox planner because a lot of mothers were like, what do I put in, this, in my kid's lunchbox? How can I make it different? Um, how can I be creative? So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Um, and I know I, I got a lot of comments about why are you doing this for free? Um, the first batch was free. Uh, the second batch, I'm working on it now. It's an updated version and it has a lot of new surprises in it. Um, but I believe in um, sometimes I think one of the things that keeps me going with my blog is prayers from people. Um, just people saying thank you so much. I think to me that is super huge and beautiful. By doing things like that, what more can I want than people saying Allah Alhamdulillah, that in itself is enough. I am going to do an updated version and I am going to sell it, but there's nothing wrong with me doing something for free and helping people because at the, at the end of the day, I do want to help them as much as I can. Um, so yeah, um, the, the new, ed- new edition is coming out soon and I have um, a couple of extra surprises in it. Inshallah, inshallah, it's going to be amazing. There was a phase where you stopped uh, blogging and putting out content I'd love to know why you stopped for a while and how why you went back to it as well I actually never spoke about this before at one point while doing my blog um, I started forgetting or neglecting myself Um, I was so focused on being a mother, <clears throat> on blogging, on my children, that I forgot myself and it led me to um, 
gain a lot of weight, being close to uh, being diabetic. Um, I received a lot of comments that actually broke me down. Um, like, for instance, I went to the doctor once and the, she looked at me in the eye and she was like, you're so fat. How can you allow your children to look at you like this? And I remember going back home, printing out a picture of myself. I think that was the lowest point I got to. Printing out a picture of myself, hanging it on the wall, and writing, look at how fat and ugly you are. And I had to face that every single day. Um, there's actually an Arabic quote that I have, and it explains what I went through. هَزَمَنِي حَدِيثَ أَحَدَهُمْ حِينَ قَالْ أَنْتَ مِثَالِ يَقْتَدِي بِهِ فِي الْقُوَّةِ وَالثَّوَاتِ بَيْنَمَا كُنْتُ أَنَا فِي هَذَا الْوَقْتِ أَسْتَعِدْ لِأَعْلُنُ هَزِيمَتِي أَمَامَ الْحَيَاةِ so as much as I was putting myself out there and I was so positive during that year, getting all these beautiful comments and sometimes the, the bad comments, I forgot who I was um, until it was exactly like holding a cup of water. So if you, if you hold a cup of water and you hold it for five seconds, it's fine. But the same, the same cup of water with the same amount of water, if you hold it for 24 hours, it starts getting really heavy and you get tired. I never emptied my cup. It was always there. Um, until I got to the point where I remember this, um, I just wanted to sleep. I, I did not want to wake up. Um, my cousin was my biggest support at that time. And I remember her calling me at one point and saying, Aisha, I'm dragging you out of the house. We're just going to Isra. And I remember getting out of the car and feeling lifeless. I felt like I had no soul in me whatsoever. And at that point, she just looked at me and she was like, we have to do something about this. And I'm here for you. And let's just take the time and focus on our health together. Let's move forward. Let's exercise. So I decided to stop the blog and give myself some time. So we stopped. I stopped the blog and um, we started going on a health journey. Um, I started exercising, but for once I did something that I love. I, I always loved martial arts. So I did boxing and it was completely different to just doing cardio and walking. I, I loved what I was doing. Um, and then I started having a better relationship with food and understanding how food can actually uh, have a huge impact on your emotional stability. So after that year, alhamdulillah, I was up on my feet and I was strong enough to come back. And then I also got messages from a lot of my followers and they, Allah, where are you? We miss you. So I was like, khalas, I think it's time to go back and go back really strong. Wow. I think, thank you so much for sharing that story. I know it's not easy. Um, and thank you for sharing this for the first time in a public space, because I think these are the kind of things that there could be someone listening to this and she could say, I felt this low. And if someone else can overcome it, then I can too. I think that's 100% the kind of message that we want to put out. So 
it's inspiring and thank you and it's not easy to um to find yourself back again if you lose your identity I think for me personally I had a very similar experience after I gave birth uh, you know who especially with corona and not going to the office and I was on bed rest for a whole year so I had all these questions like who am I if I'm not the the triathlete or the working wafa like who what am I you know am I just a mom now and you know you go into very dark spaces and my story was I, I wanted to work out. I was on bed rest for a year. I was traumatized, like lying down for almost, uh, uh, you know, 10 months. And then cesarean, and then I had a cesarean. And three months later, I could start walking and I just didn't want to walk. So like you said, my friend came over and she was like, we're going for a walk. And I just needed someone to take me from the couch to outside the door one time. Yeah. And then I started walking every day by myself. And, and I used to strap my son on me and we used to go for walks. So I still tell my friend, you know, you came over like and you said, get up and you, you held me accountable. I put on my shoes. It's a short distance, but it was like the longest, like it felt so far, even though it was so near. This is, I think, the importance of having support group to say, I'm going to hold your hand and we're going to take that step and we're going to find you again, right? We're just going to move. Like, let's just move forward. Let's just move our bodies. Like, this is, you know, when, you're, when your cousin took you to Al-Isra, it's movement. It's just coming out of your bed and just moving into a different location can create flow. So I think that's such a um, powerful message and a story. Is that something common that you see? Do you see a lot of women losing who they are, like talking to you about postpartum? Um, and, and do you feel like you have to be there for them? Yes, um, we have this big issue that I feel like, inshallah, I will be able to help provide the services for. Um, it's especially with regards to working mothers who have to go back to work after, um, after having a baby and uh, um, they feel like they lost their identity, just like um, what you were saying. Um, And then there's this whole thing about motherhood and is it an identity or no, it does not define me. Um, but at the end of the day, I think motherhood is, is like something new. It's a new journey. It does not define you, but it can enhance who you are. Um, because I think with motherhood comes a lot of superpowers. Um, so We have to try to look at it this way. It's not taking away who I am. It's just making me a better version of myself. So that is something that, yes, a lot of mothers have been talking about, the loss of identity and things like that. Can you tell me about your work with Shamsaha? You know, what is Shamsaha and what do you do with them? I worked as an advocate um, for Shamsaha, which, in which we um, help Uh, women, empower women, um, help them uh, deal with situations of emotional, um, sexual, physical abuse. Um, and I think Shamsaha in a way has showed me how um, working together creates something beautiful um, in a sense that us advocates, we don't know each other, but together we work like we've been friends for years. Um, when we need each other, we're there for each other. And then you have the feeling you get with helping people at the end of the day, um, standing up for them, um, 
educating them on their rights. I think, mashallah, MJ, um, she has done an amazing job with, with Shamsaha. And especially, not only that, but even her advocates, she managed to think about them and their emotional being. For after every duty we have, um, there is someone checking up on us. For it goes down to, the de- to that much detail of... We help people, and then Shamsaha is still there for us. There's still that huge support system. And I think that was also one of the reasons that I really wanted to do this support groups for mothers. Yani I found out in it strangers can support each other. It doesn't have to be your friends or your family. Do you think any of your lawyer background, you know, the background that you have in law, did that come to serve you in any way? Of course. I think... Um, Doing what I did in the UK um, gave me a lot of power, uh, confidence, um, especially when it comes to things like debates, politics, presentations. Um, It taught me how to research really fast. And at the same time, it teaches you, I think it taught me um, emotional intelligence too and critical thinking. Um, And... For some reason, I feel like after I studied law and um, international relations, I feel like I know that I am an empath, but I learned how to disconnect from situations sometimes in order for me to help that person. Then if if I was 100% emotionally involved in Kinana, I wouldn't be able to help that person. But for some reason... Through that, I've learned to like disconnect, take a step back, listen, and then help. It's not easy to do that. I find personally that if you know someone is going through some sort of crisis, I can get really emotional with them instead of being rooted and focused. You know, I can easily sponge up their energy after, مثلاً, I leave an experience where I have you know talked to somebody with with a traumatic experience. I take that with me, so it's. I think compartmentalizing is not as easy as it sounds. Do you have any tips for anyone who is working in advocacy or um, maybe even has a friend who's going through a traumatic experience and how they can help but not get too emotional or too attached to what's going on? Well, you see, I always try to figure out why I was like this. Um, and I, I did have a talk with my cousin about it. I was like, well, how, could, how am I able to disconnect? And the only thing she keeps saying is, you sleep to crime podcasts. You sleep to hearing stuff that are so like crazy. But I think that has taught you to emotionally disconnect. Um, Best, I think it's prioritizing. Like in my head, I prioritize um, what I have to do. I need to be here and I need to hide my emotions and my feelings for now. And then I can deal with them. But eventually, when I'm done, I get a lot of satisfaction from helping the person that it helps put myself at ease, I think. I think that was the way I handled it. You said earlier you're very confident in your abilities and yourself, which is amazing because I feel like with that kind of attitude, you can really do whatever you want in this world. If you get behind yourself, um, there is one of the episodes where I talk about If you're not confident with your capabilities, nobody will believe in you or invest in you or work with you or get behind you. 
how did you become so confident in yourself as a woman? Like I can feel it when I talk to you, like you are so comfortable in your own skin. How did you become this confident? I think I would owe that to my father. Um, he always told me that I can do anything I want. I can reach for the stars if I wanted to, and nothing is impossible as long as I work hard for it. Um, so I think he gave me that confidence. Like ever since I was really young, he would tell me, go and use, take my credit card and I want you to pay. So he gave me that push. And especially with studying in the UK, that's actually a funny story. My dad is a very paranoid person. So he wanted me to make sure I knew how the world worked. And uh, when I told him that I wanted to study in the UK, he was like, no, 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 no. That is out of the books, out of the question. So I actually applied behind his back. And um, I was so close to just going to Dubai and studying there. And then I came to him and I was like, okay, so listen, I got accepted to the UK. And I think this is a sign. I think I need to go. So he just looked at me and he said, you worked hard to do this. And even though you went behind my back, best, it shows me how hard you want this. Fair. It's, 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 I think my dad played a big role um, when it, to, for, to myself when it comes to confidence. You said earlier on that being a mom uh, helped you find your superpowers. And I think also helping people is maybe part of your superpower. And I usually end the podcast with this question, but I really want to ask it now, which is what do you feel is your superpower? I think motherhood in itself has a lot of superpowers. Um, I'll tell you a few that maybe one of them you haven't heard of before. One superpower that we have as mothers is that we have x-ray vision. We can see right through our children. We can sense what, how they're feeling. We know what they're thinking sometimes. So there you go. We have that superpower. We have super speed. We learn to multitask. And then making a baby in itself is a superpower, I think. So I think we are superhumans at the end of the day, <laughs> all in different ways, but we are. You know, Aisha, when after I gave birth to my son, you know, I would be like, I made you inside of me. Like I baked you, like I made your toes and your heart and your organs and your face. I made like I made it inside of me like it still makes me it's like a science fiction movie like how did I make toes I made toes and fingers and fingernails you know what I mean and hair a lot. yeah and it's amazing it's I think some one of the things people my my friends my cousins find weird about me is I like being pregnant you know, there are moms who love getting pregnant as well. That's so true. I think, I don't know who I spoke to once at the Woman Power Summit and she's like, I love pregnancy. I love the phase after having a baby. Um, I think she had four children. She just loves getting pregnant. So this, this is astonishing to me because I had a very challenging pregnancy. Why do you enjoy getting pregnant or why do you enjoy the process of, of having a child? I used to talk to my kids all the time. And I remember after I gave birth and they were in the NICU, I just looked at my tummy and I was like, I have no one to talk to. Because I used to talk to them all the time. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but I just felt that it was beautiful having someone with you 24 hours. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's talking to them. I think it's a blessing. I want to know 
what def- what does success mean to you? Like, how do you define success? Success to me um, used to mean a piece of paper and a stamp and a graduation gown. Um, but I've learned to look at success in a completely different way. I think I measure success now um, through the imprint or the impact that I'm going to leave in this life after I'm gone. Um, how many people did I help? Uh, how many smiles did I help put on people's faces? Um, I think now this is how I measure success. And now once I'm gone, did I do enough? Um, did I help as many people as I can? Did I leave an imprint either through my children or through the services that I'm providing? So far, I think, alhamdulillah, I used, to, I, used to, I used to think about it all the time and I'm like, am I satisfied with myself at this age? And I used to always say, no, I'm not. But now thinking about it, alhamdulillah, I think, I think just helping one person per day means so much to me. So to me, that is success. And what's nice about Babies and Broomsticks, it gives you the chance to help not just one person, a whole community on a daily basis, right? So I think you've designed your platform in a way that you feel good about it because it's always serving, serving, serving. The content is there. You, I'm sure you're answering questions and DMs constantly. Um, you know, you're probably active in multiple groups. So it, it's, you know, you've built something that really aligns with serving and, and being of service. If someone today was like, okay, this is such a great interview or this is such an interesting interview, I want to know more, how can they engage with you? So let's talk about your different touch points or your different communities. So you have the 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 resell group. Can you, So if anybody wants to join that, what do they have to do? For people to join the resell group, um, I usually ask them to DM me um, so I can give them the link. Best, I have recently uh, created a link tree um, the one with the links and I provided all the links I have there. I have my Amazon influencers link there. I have um, like the iHerb uh, discount there and then I have some of the support groups and my YouTube channel as well, which I think has two or three videos. Um, this, uh, to, for, for access to the groups, um, I usually ask them to DM me to join either the resale group um, and for the resale group, we have the general group and then we have the baby's items group. I decided to separate those. And then we have two support groups, um, one in Arabic, Multaqal Ummahat, and then I have the mom support group in English. Because they still do mix, like talk both English and Arabic. And then I also um, recently got a separate number for uh, babies and broomsticks. So my number is out there in my blog for anybody to contact me. Um, So yeah, I think everything is on my link on on my blog in the bio. And let's say someone wanted to join the support group. So what does that session look like? Is it like a weekly or a monthly Zoom call? And, you know, do, do people have to put their video on? Can they have their video off and their audio? Can they just listen? How can they take, how does that, what's the agenda for those sessions? Um, I started last month actually with the support group, um, the videos um, on Zoom. Um, 
It's usually about different topics. I think the next one is probably going to be about meal planning or potty training because we have those two topics that a lot of people are interested in. So basically what I do is um, a couple of days before the date of the session, um, I just create a group on WhatsApp, add everyone in, put the Zoom link in, and through that group, um, I like I update them about the timing, about everything else. Usually, most of the people don't have their cameras on, but uh, I prefer I prefer it to be a session where people talk, not just me. Then it's all about sharing experiences and supporting each other. Alhamdulillah, the first one was a success. We went over the time and we had around 40 participants. Um, and I try not to go overboard with the participants. Ashan, we have enough time for people to participate. So we have that. And then I also have uh, my family meal workshop. Uh, Alhamdulillah, I've had like four or five clients so far and I've managed to personalize their family meal plan for them and teach them on different ways on how to meal plan. Alhamdulillah, three of them got back to me saying that it has almost cut their budget in, in half. So Alhamdulillah, that's a success. That's so awesome. I mean, it seems like you're you're on the cusp of so many interesting things and, and you're also testing and trying uh, a bunch of things. So that's really cool. Maybe my last question is, are you working with any brands? Because everybody wants to be in touch with, mo- you know, mommy communities and mother's communities to showcase their products or their services. Are you open to sponsorships and brand opportunities if it's something you believe in? Yes, um, I mean, a lot of doors have been opening for me, alhamdulillah. I've, uh, I've done a lot of voiceovers um, um, and I've also been asked to do a couple of ads. Uh, but, and uh, I think I would only take that step if I believe it serves the same purpose that I'm trying to put out there. But it's trying to manage my time as much as I can because I do believe in time management. But it's alhamdulillah, it's opportunities are coming my way and um, I just have to pick and choose and see which one is closer to what I believe in and serving my passion, basically. I know that earlier on you talked about the superpowers moms have, but just to wrap up this episode and this interview, my question to you is, what do you feel is your personal superpower? So something that you have that other people don't have. It doesn't have to do anything with being being a mother. Uh, it could be uh, something you've already mentioned. But this is something that makes you, you know, very different than everybody else. It's just a super awesome power that you can tap into if you need to. I think I have the ability to separate my mind from my heart. How so? I don't know. I, like even my cousins get so amazed by that sometimes um, but sometimes I know I just need to use my brain and sometimes I know I just need to use my heart but then sometimes it's hard to put them back together again so I can either be too strict because I'm using my head or I can be too emotional but I can separate them I can work just with my head or just with my heart I think I would consider that as my superpower That's it for this week. Thank you for listening to an episode of the Women Power Podcast. And thank you for downloading and streaming our podcast every week. If you love what you've heard, tag us on Instagram and follow the Women Power Podcast. And 
Tohon Power Summit account for more information on our next episode. Please leave a rating review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps other women discover the show. That's it from me. See you next week.